When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Today on In the Trenches, we're actually going to go in the trenches with offensive guard Zach Zinter. He's going to talk to us a little bit about how training camp is going, the expectations for this O-line and team as well as what it's like to be playing with a target on his back. That's to come here in just a few moments, as I mentioned, on In the Trenches. Welcome to the official podcast of Michigan football, In the Trenches with John Jansen, presented by Meyer, presenting sponsor of the 2022 Michigan football season and proud supporter of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. The former two-time captain and national champion covers the Wolverines better than anyone. We got great atmosphere, killer fans, uh, and you know, I love playing in the big house, so I think it will give us an advantage the first uh, four games, really. Just getting in the groove, being at our place. This is In the Trenches, presented by Meyer. Once again, here's John Jansen. Welcome back, friends, and already released this week on MGO Blue Podcast, Defend the Block with Brian Bush, featuring women's basketball junior forward Cam Williams. Don't miss it. It's a great interview, a great conversation. And then on Friday, we're going to have a bonus edition of In the Trenches. No It's not a locker room speech. It's even more important than that. One of the most important decisions this team is going to make this year, and that is on Thursday. They will vote on the captains, 
and I will have them available for you on Friday morning. So make sure you like, subscribe. You want to make sure MGo Blue Podcast, any of the three editions that we have, all of the episodes that come through during football season automatically end up on your listening device. So, like I said, subscribe. And, hey, if there's a comment section, make sure you leave some comments. That way we know, hey, if we're hitting the mark, any questions, leave them right there. We'll make sure we get them answered as well. But right now, after a little business, I want to bring in my partner, Brian Bush. Mr. Bush, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm excited to talk about that captain process. We will have that here coming up on 7 from 77. But, yeah, we got to start ramping up in the trenches was just weekly during the offseason. We are back with everything you have come to expect on this feed from a football standpoint once we get into game week next week. Coming up on Monday night along our radio network, it's Inside Michigan Football. The replay of that will be available on this feed uh, late Monday, early Tuesday. Look out for that. The normal Wednesday in the trenches episodes. Potentially, we might spill a, a captain or two over to Wednesday's edition next week in case uh, there are several, and that's what we anticipate. Yes. Uh, Friday, this week, captains. Next week, again, what you've come to know and love. Keys to the game, the locker room speech, the radio network scene setter, uh, and then Saturday, post game, we will have that with a lot of different commentary. John Jansen, Doug Karsh, Jason Avant, Jack Miller, We've got a lot crammed into that for you. You can expect it three to four hours uh, after every game. Uh, it's here. It's wonderful. Uh, and I can't wait to load up that podcast feed. Uh, I can't wait to load it up. I can't wait to actually play football games, watch them play against Colorado State, move on to Hawaii, UConn, and hit, hit the Big Ten schedule. I'm getting all fired up, Brian. So Let's tamper it back. It's let's be okay. Pull it back. Everything's fine. And let's get into seven from seventy-seven. I, can't promise it won't happen again. No, I did notice you said you can't wait to play, and then you corrected yourself to say I can't wait to watch. So there no. is a non-zero chance that John might try to sneak out uh, and miss his true official debut as the color analyst for Michigan. And if that happens, uh, I, I mean, quite frankly, he might get a raise. I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> let's get into our seven from seventy-seven, and we're talking about in-season content that's not normally where we discuss an addition to a roster but that's the case since we last spoke Michigan adding a former five-star edge uh, who's been with several programs Ayabi Anoma uh, he started under Biff Poggi in high school uh, he started at Alabama SEC all freshman performer since then time at Houston at UT Martin most recently uh, before joining the Wolverines here recently so a uh, kind of a bit of a, a mystery man to fans what can you tell us about Ayabi Anoma uh, a tremendous, tremendous athlete and is going to be a great addition coming out of, uh, of high school. Uh, this is a guy that was compared to Chandler Jones, 6'5", 250 pounds. He can be an absolute beast. He's got the speed. He's got the athletic ability. Obviously, at 6'5", he's got the length. He's got the size, the strength. I mean, it's a complete package. Right now, the task at hand is going to be getting him up to speed on the defenses, making sure that he is aware of where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there, on the field, off the field as well. But at some point, with an athlete like this, you don't hold him back and wait for, for him to understand every package in the defense. At some point, you just say, third and long, go get the quarterback. 
And that's the beautiful thing about having a late transfer, grad transfer uh, at this time on the defensive side of things, especially up front. It can be, you know, and, and I make this joke all the time, uh, but here it can literally be see ball, get ball. And, and he has that ability. Now, throughout the season, as he continues to get more familiar with the defense, yeah, they're going to use him in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, but right now, you're going to see ab- pure, absolute athletic ability. So it'll be interesting to watch, uh, certainly as he gets acclimated. The other big news is number two on our seven from 77, a, a different conversation entirely. The Big Ten's new television deal, which will begin in a little bit less than a year. The Big Ten will now have presence on network television, in essence, for almost 12 hours every Saturday. It'll be a little bit disjointed with CBS at 3.30 in the first year of the deal as they finish their SEC package. But once this really revs up, Fox at noon, CBS at 3.30, NBC at 7.30. Then, of course, you'll have Big Ten Network, FS1. Uh, There will be some streaming on Peacock, which is NBC's uh, streaming platform. Just your overall impressions of what you heard about this deal. Uh, you know, financially, it's unbelievable. Over a billion dollars a year, um, each program is going to get near a um, hundred million dollars, if not more, if certain you know landmarks and incentives are made. So, this for especially for schools, every school in the country is coming out of a pandemic. But for the Big Ten, that's all we're concerned about here. Um, this is a huge shot in the arm for athletic departments that could use. Some funding. Um, not that anybody's going broke anytime soon, but there, most people were running a deficit coming out of the pandemic. This will be a huge boost, and it's a light at the end of the tunnel for a few of the Big Ten teams. But for everybody, when you think about, uh, you know, and and I don't want to label any team as being a a not the top of the line, but when you think about non big big market teams, whether it's Indiana and Bloomington, it's Purdue and West Lafayette. Um, you know, Rutgers in, in the major market of Piscataway, uh, you know, you, you go around and you think, okay, they're going to be bringing in more on a yearly basis, almost twice as much as Alabama is from their TV deal. Now that's going to get redone and that'll be corrected here, I'm sure shortly, but that is the advantage that these big 10 schools have. It is an arms race in recruiting. It's an arms race in NIL. There's so much going on, but if if the facilities can continue to improve, the offerings that athletic departments can legally provide student-athletes can be more in the Big Ten, that's, that's tremendous in recruiting. And it's not just football. It's every single sport that has that advantage now. And um, so I think that's part of it. And then last night, um, you know, Kevin Warren was on with Bryant Gumbel on HBO he was asked the question uh, by Mr. Gumbel, do you ever foresee a time where student athletes are paid directly by the university or directly by um, you know, the conference? And contracts like this obviously raise that question. Contracts like this continue to push and move that needle forward to where we may eventually see that. I don't know what that looks like, how we get there. I don't even know, you know, what does the NCAA have to say about it? But I do believe in the not-so-distant future because there is major, major money coming into these programs 
that that's on the table. And, and Kevin Warren addressed that as well. So along the lines of Kevin Warren, you are a product of your of your surroundings, of what your experience is. This TV deal looks, reads, feels like an NFL TV deal. Network coverage, exclusive windows, spreading the wealth, which is a big thing that, that he and some other uh, conference commissioners have pushed for in the playoff is to not have it all under one roof of ABC ESPN. You wonder, too, he came from the NFL where the players are paid. We'll see if that is a chance for him to do that. Again, to your point, no clue where it's going to come from uh, or what that would look like. But the the fact that the question is being answered in that way makes you feel like it could potentially happen. Now, from a, from a fan standpoint, I, I understand there's plenty of complaints and frustrations about the fact that oftentimes these big games, you don't know the start time until 12 days before, yeah. sometimes six days before. Uh, that ain't changing with this. No. Because they pay a lot of money. It's going to continuously be a factor. And I do think once once CBS is fully indoctrinated, and I think it, it goes from, I believe, 7 to 15 weeks for CBS from 23 to 24 in a football standpoint, uh, the last few years Michigan has had a lot of noon games. I think that'll probably dissipate some because – Damn you. I'm sorry. That's the price of a billion dollars a year. But, I mean, in essence, Fox, CBS, and NBC will get the top three picks every week. Yep. I don't think there are going to be many weeks where Michigan's game is not going. Now, you have to continue to have the success on the field, but you know, Michigan was the second most watched team in college football last year. I don't expect that to change much this year, next year, moving on. So I think you're going to see more 330s, that 730 come into play, because I don't think there'll be many moments where Michigan's going to be left out of the top three picks each week. No, I, I don't think so either. They're always going to be a draw. And, you know, the other thing, and one of the concerns about this, you're going with all the three-letter networks, you're leaving a four-letter network out of this, is there, was there going to be concern that maybe the visibility would change? The highlights wouldn't be run as much on that four-letter network. Well, when you have brands that are as strong and as powerful as Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, I mean, they're going to run those because they want eyeballs as well. Whether they're paying for them or not, it's that's where the eyes are going to go. And so I don't think, because the, the argument was, hey, well, the NHL was out of ESPN for a while, and it's more of a niche sport. It wasn't watched as much. Now that it's back on on that four-letter network, there's much more visibility of it. Marketing is a little bit easier. The, the Big Ten is making more on a yearly basis than the, than the entire NHL does in terms of its TV rights deal. Uh, and then if you put together not just the Big Ten's deal, but – the SEC's deal and future deal, they're they're ranked right up there, not competing with the NFL. Nobody competes with the NFL, but almost with every other professional sport in regards to TV rights and franchise uh, money. It's wild. Uh, when you think about, and there was a report from Action Network about, you know, Oregon potentially talking with the Big Ten, and, and who knows, you know, when you have those types of reports in, in these settings – there's a reason why USC and UCLA's deal happen out of nowhere. When things are being sourced out like that, it 
It could be from the Big Ten. It could be from people with Oregon hoping to, to convince yeah. people that Oregon is wanted. But I, I do think what's interesting, if you look, hey, that's a heck of a package from noon, 3.30, 7.30. But there's also the West Coast package. It's what might help save the Pac-12 or what could allure a, a league like the Big Ten or the SEC. You can have it until about 11 o'clock. Maybe one more window if you add several new West Coast teams. So that's the area of potential growth. Could they loop in ABC, ESPN on that? I think ESPN certainly, I don't know if Fox wants to air a 10.30 p.m. game with all of their you know normal news affiliate uh, requirements, but maybe that's a way to loop them in. That's, to me, the potential. If you're an Oregon, Washington, Cal, Stanford football supporter, mm-hmm. Can they nudge in and try to convince the Big Ten, hey, we got another window out here for you? It might happen. It, it's possible. It's there. Um, and as Kevin Warren alluded to, there's going to be some uncomfortable moments sure. over the next four, five, six, seven years. And we've got to push through those uncomfortable moments because, like him, I do believe we may disagree on how to get there. I do agree that I think college football is headed in a really good direction. It's headed into a direction where it's going to be continued to be something special, but there's going to be some bumps along the way. From the biggest of big games to the littlest of the little. There you go. Run, James. No, no, no. First base. Go, go, go. Whenever you shop Meyer, you help support hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. From some of the biggest stadiums in the state to the familiar fields down the street, you're helping make a difference to the people and places you call home. Learn more at Meyer.com slash community. So number three on our seven from 77, uh, let's change gears, talk about what you alluded to off the top, captain selection. Can you take us through that process and over the years, what you've heard of how it's maybe been the same or different now versus when you played? Um, the, the selection process, and, and Jim Harbaugh, really Brady Hoke, but Jim Harbaugh did as well, reinstated the you know, the captains as it's traditionally been here at Michigan, and it's voted on by the players. Coaches don't have a say. They have no input. Um, but coaches leave the room. Players throughout the course of the year – are evaluated by your peers, as you always are. Whether you're consciously thinking about it or not, you're evaluating everyone around you and how they fit into your world, how you fit into their world, and the interactions that you have. And this is going to this is going to be a vote where, you know, you've got to be able to set aside friendships. And it's one that that has always been this way. But you've got to make a decision that is best for the football team. And it's not always the star player. It, it can be walk-ons. We've seen that. Um, I had a co-captain in Eric Mays. That was a, a former walk-on. It can be uh, a lot of different individuals. But it has to be what's best for the team. And that was the message that I had to them last year. I had a chance to talk to the team last year before uh, a week or so before they voted for captains. And... I really thought that they did a great job. Obviously, you know, you're going to go as far as your captains are going to take you and the leadership on the team. But it's very important that you understand that coaches provide do provide leadership, to provide direction. 
But there's many more times where you're going to be around with just your team, just the players, and you've got to make decisions, whether it's on campus, whether it's in the locker room, on the practice field, in the weight room. And you need the right people in place making the best decisions for that team. So number four, what was your reaction when you were named captain back in 1997, Mm -hmm. the first time? Because I'm sure the second time you at least felt like there was a real chance you were back. You just won a national championship. But but going into that 97 vote, did, did you think it was possible? Were you blindsided? And, and what was that moment like when, when you actually did find out? Um, I did think it was possible. Um, that's not something that you ever anticipate. Um, but I was, I was a little bit stunned, a whole lot excited, and a lot of respect for you know, what the, that, that moment, what it meant to be a captain at Michigan. Um, and had no idea at that time if it was going to, you know, what that season was going to bring. It was eight and four, eight and four, eight and four. And now all of a sudden we wanted to do something different. How was I going to be just a part of making that happen? And here's where I think the captains, there's two things that they need to do immediately. The first thing is obviously address the team and you set your goals for the year, team goals. The second thing is you've got to have a conversation with all of the other fourth and fifth and now six-year guys that are there and make sure that they understand, hey, there may be two captains, there may be four captains, but the only way that this team can be successful is if everybody leads in their own way. And if there's somebody that is, they may be mad that they weren't elected captain you need to make sure that they, you understand that they understand that their value, that their leadership still matters, and that it shouldn't be, I'm going to go off in a corner here and pout because I wasn't named captain. There's no time for that. And the great example that I have is one of the greatest leaders this, this program has ever known that was never a captain. There's two of them, Brian Greasy and Charles Woodson. And that's where I go back to, it doesn't have to be the star player. It doesn't have to be the, the best player. That, that year we had the best player in the country. But there's always things that they're going to do that, that, that fill a leadership role, and it has to come from fourth, fifth, and sixth-year guys. Beyond that, though, I mean, do you do a whole lot different? I mean, you were leading, I'm sure, going into that vote. So you, you have those initial conversations, but then it – you can't try to be too much once you get to be that captain. You just have to kind of, like you said, lead by example, whether you're selected or not. Yeah, you just you have to be who you are. They elected you for who you were up to that moment. That moment doesn't change you. Um, it may shine a light on you. Mm-hmm. And in regards to that, you got to tighten things up because if you're going to ask all you know, 119 other guys on this team to do something – you better be the first one to volunteer for that. You better be the first one doing it. You better be doing things right because if you don't, and again, it goes back to you know, sometimes you lead by word, sometimes you lead by example. Guys are watching. If you're not doing it and you're the captain, but all of a sudden you're talking about it, it, it draws questions into the validity of your leadership. Number five on our seven from 77, we change gears again to talk about real life football. There are. Yes. Okay. Let's roll. We're previewing games. And this is the matchup of John Jansen's second favorite Big Ten coach and least favorite Big Ten coach. 
and they decided Evanston and Lincoln couldn't hold this matchup. They're shipping it out to Dublin, Ireland. So I want your thoughts, impressions. I'm not going to complain about a prediction of Nebraska and Northwestern control of the Big Ten West on the line. Well, so here's what I had to say about both those programs. Both of them had subpar years last year um, from what we expected at the beginning of the year, what we expect out of a Pat Fitzgerald coach team. And, um, you know, I expect Northwestern to be a very good football team again. And they're going to be a, a good football team because they do things right at every position. They don't hurt themselves. They don't make mistakes. They are going to have good offensive and defensive lines. Now it's a matter of can they find a quarterback? They've been struggling for a number of years to find who that starting quarterback is going to be. Um, the skilled guys, can they keep them healthy? Um, depth can be an issue um, at Northwestern. And then you look at Nebraska and – there's no more Adrian Martinez. There's no more turnover machine. And as much as I don't want to admit this, it's kind of funny. They were the best, worst team in the country last year. They took Michigan to the wire. They took Michigan State to the wire. They played a lot of teams in the Big Ten really, really tough. And whether it was turnovers from the quarterback position, um, you know, uh, penalties at the just the wrong time cost them – damn near every game and they are a team Scott Frost is is very determined to get them back on on a path a championship path so uh, I think this is going to be I think it's great that they're starting out with a Big Ten game I'm excited about it it's it's going to be great football to watch and we're going to learn about a lot about both these programs and what to expect this year also, we go from the, the Dublin of Ireland to the Dublin of the United States, and that's Champagne. Uh, I've never been to Dublin. The bubbly. Uh, <laughs> the bubbly of the United States. Yes. Champagne. In, indeed. Uh, Illinois and Wyoming, week zero. You know, we talked about it. I mean, I, I think we both agree that Illinois has the right coach in place. The Big Ten West is not as established as the Big Ten East. Can this be a season where Illinois makes some progress and, and takes a few steps up the rung in the West? I do, and you know, quite honestly, there's not a lot of people that know truly what's going on in Champaign other than maybe some alums and obviously those in the football program. Brett Bielema has kept things pretty tight there. What I do know about Brett Bielema is – he he kept a machine going in Wisconsin, um, and he started a machine going down in Arkansas, uh, and wasn't wasn't able to get things to to where they needed to be. And I think this was I go back to the hire. I think Brett Bielema belongs in the Big Ten. He's obviously a, a Iowa guy, um, coached at Wisconsin, has had success, knows what it takes to recruit in the Midwest. They're still a couple of years away. They're going to be one of those teams that jumps up and beats somebody um, that, that you wouldn't expect, but they're going to play good football, disciplined football, and they're going to continue to get better on both offensive and defensive lines. And in a couple of years, let's check back in to, to, to Illinois and see where they're at because I think it's going to be a program on the rise. And remember, I mean, Illinois is, is Michigan's opponent the week before Ohio State. Now, again, Michigan should be able to take care of that, but – it's always a little queasy, little weird feeling that game before. Mm -hmm. You got to bring it because Illinois is going to bring their lunch pails. Uh, number six on our seven from 77. Some other games during week zero. 
Uh, curious, you can't say all of them, hmm. uh, but what are some games that you're looking at? Florida State gets Duquesne. Of course, Mike Norvell on a pretty hot seat down there already. North Carolina, Florida A&M. Uh, late night Vandy at Hawaii. Uh, and a sneaky good one, uh, Conference USA. The spread is even at last check. This could probably be the most competitive game of the weekend, UTEP and North Texas, two teams that have conference aspirations. Yeah, UTEP and North uh, Texas, that one will be watched just because it's live football. Yep. Um, sure. But then you, I'm going to go in reverse order. Vanderbilt, Hawaii, obviously I'm going to be watching that one because that's Michigan's uh, opponent after the after the opener. Um, see what the uh, what what the rainbows uh, are, are going to bring to the to the lower 48 uh, and. You know, when you think about North Carolina, they are a team in the in the uh, ACC that's been very competitive. Mac Brown has done a great job of recruiting. Last year, they didn't have the season that they were hoping to. They stumbled early on. They're losing their quarterback. They lost another receiver. But like I said, Mac Mac Brown has recruited at a very high level. So I'm excited to see what North Carolina can do because I'm not sold on Clemson being an ACC yeah. champ, um, and I'm going to talk about Florida State in a minute, but North Carolina, the door is open for somebody else to take over the ACC. We'll see if Mac Brown can get that done this year, and that'll be our first opportunity to watch him. Florida State, and you mentioned it, Mike Norvell, took over in the pandemic. Things have not gone well for him there um, on campus, in the football facility. This is a make-it-or-break-it year, I think, for for him and we always see guys come out of Florida State, whether or not they're relevant in you know the top 25 college football playoffs. They're a team that has great athletes, and this is going to be an opportunity to see some of those athletes that we know we're going to be playing on Sunday. Who knows how they play together down at Florida State, but it's a great opportunity to watch some very talented football players. It'll be interesting. It's an okay slate because if this were week 12, we would all complain about it, but it's week zero, so we embrace celebrate the it. extra week of football. Let's go to our player interview, but first, we finish 7 from 77. I, I want to ask you this because when you talk about the talent that Michigan possesses, uh, there are plenty of guys that you can see take a really big jump here with, with some – openings, especially on the defensive side. Ceiling-wise, I don't know if there's another player on this team that has a higher ceiling than Zach Zinter. There, there might be a few others who are comparable, but Zach Zinter has a chance, I think, to be an all-time great. What do you think his ceiling is? And, and preview this conversation for Well, us. I think he has the ability to be a first-round talent. Uh, if we're just talking about to, to try and, and quantify exactly where he could be, um, because when he came in, and I mentioned this before he had his first start, I think it was at, at Minnesota, uh, he he came in ready to play. This is a kid that came in physically, mentally, emotionally ready to play. And, uh, you know, he's had a lot of opportunity to be on the field. He hasn't really had the opportunity to be on the field 100% healthy. He's had a couple of broken bones here and there. He had an ankle he was dealing with. He had a hand issue. We saw him playing with it wrapped up. I love the fact that he's willing to play at less than 100%. Uh, but I also am excited because I've loved what I've seen so far. He plays with really good pad level, has good change of direction, plays with good balance. Now, with, with being healthy, at least to start the season, 
I want to see what he is like at full force uh, because I do believe the potential for him is is you know mid first round type of talent, and that's for a guard. Yeah. And and so you're talking about probably. If not the first, the second guard off the board. Yeah, guards don't normally go top five-ish. So if he's in that range, it's about as good as it gets. Uh, Excited about it. Good conversation. John Jansen with a Michigan offensive lineman. I mean, that's about as good as it. It's about as good of an in the trenches guest as we can get. Yeah, like I said at the top, hey, we're gonna go in the trenches on in the trenches. So I hope everybody enjoys getting to know a little bit more about Zach Zinter. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. I'm now joined by junior offensive lineman Zach Zinter. Uh, Zach, we haven't had a chance to sit down in this form and talk for for a time, but I appreciate your time stopping by. Uh, everybody wants to know we're two thirds, if not three quarters of the way through camp. How are you guys doing, and how is it is it dragging on? You know, we're we're doing great. Uh, you know, we're we're coming close to the end here. But energy's still really high in the building. Uh, the vibe's great around here, and we're all just super excited for the season to be here. You're obviously back at right guard, um, and there are some new components to this offensive line. Uh, what's it like having uh, Ulu at center? Um, what t- what has he brought to this offensive line? I mean, Olu, Olu's just all around a beast. I mean, the experience he's brought uh, just from playing a lot of football and just the how – He's, he's physical, you know, he's a, he's a, a great dude, and he's just he's got all the attributes that you would want as a center. I know it's, it's, not, it's not normal that you would got to get a guy uh, transfer in that was a Remington finalist, um, a guy of his caliber, but when you put that together with how this offensive line is coming together, not just the starting five, because this is a deeper line. Last year you guys were deep, this year you guys are deep. Um, what are your expectations for this line? I've got big expectations for this line, and so does our whole room. I mean, no one's ever repeat one the Joe Moore back-to-back year, so that's that's our goal. We, we've got a new standard that everyone's talking about, and especially in that O-line room, you know, when we want to run the ball, we know we, we can run it, and uh, when we want to throw, we can throw it. So we, we have high expectations for our O-line room. Is there is there added pressure on you guys, even though it's a different year, it's a different group, um, coming back as the, the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line? I mean, I wouldn't say pressure. Uh, we're up for the, any challenge there is. But, you know, as having the success we had last year, uh, we, don't, we don't want people to be able to say this year, oh, it was a fluke last year. You know, we've, we've got that mentality, that mindset that we're going to be even better this year. And, you know, we will have a target on our back. for We're going to be everyone's biggest game. And uh, we know that, and we're, we're excited for the challenge and uh, ready to get after it. So not only will they – well, that narrative come up about the offensive line is going to come up about the team and the program. Uh, 17 years in between Big Ten titles. You guys are Big Ten reigning champs, defending champs. But they'll say, well, Ohio State was at home. Uh, you didn't beat Michigan State. 
when you guys hear some of those things, what what do you guys think about? I mean, did we have a perfect season last year? No. We so like that's in the back of my head is, and the team's head is what keeps motivating us. We didn't beat Michigan State. We lost in the uh, to Georgia. So there's still we had a great season, but we know our ceiling's even higher. So uh, we're just been using that to motivate ourselves this off season. Um, when you think about that Georgia game, if you're able to get there again this year, how how do you make this year different? Honestly, like just having the mindset that no matter who it is, what it is, and knowing that we can be there, we deserve to be there, uh, just will add another level of preparation and uh, one to go out there and uh, show that it wasn't a fluke last year. So the freak list came out last week, and being a guard, you got to go against defensive tackles, and you got there's a couple of guys, three guys on the other side of the ball that are on that freak list. You see Mozzie Smith every single day. Um, how's that battle been between you guys? I mean, it's great. Uh, I mean, I get to go against the number one freak in college football every single day <laughs> of practice. So, and so does our whole line. So, I mean, it just it gets to make us just that much better every single day. And yeah, Mozzie wins some, we win some. But it's it's that battle that's going to prepare us for the games like Georgia. When when you look at this defensive line, obviously the personnel on that side of the ball is different as well. What do you see when you when you get to the line of scrimmage? You know, a lot of people question the defense coming in this season, but I have no doubt in my mind that they will be a high caliber defense and a top defense in the country. I mean, the way that these guys attack this off season and how they went through spring and how they're attacking fall camp is, I have all the confidence in the world in them. Uh, we're, I don't know, what is it, 10 days away from the first game. Uh, and you guys are going to start off against Colorado State. You've got three games where you guys are going to be heavy favorites. How do you keep the focus? And obviously, first game, you're excited. But how do you keep the focus going against opponents where you are heavy favorites? I think just keeping the mindset that, you know, they're going to want to come in here and beat us in, in, our, in the big house, which that's our house. We, we're not going to look past each and every game onto the Big Ten schedule. We we know we got to attack each game and, you know, uh, go out there and run it up on them. I mean, there's, we're not going to take it easy, and uh, well, they're not going to give us an easy game either. So we just got to be ready to go out there and play. Uh, looking at the schedule altogether, you guys don't go on a road, just like last year until October. Um, is there an advantage to having your first four at home? I mean, I think so. Uh, you know, always being at home, the big house, we got great atmosphere, killer fans. Uh, and, you know, I love playing in the big house. So I think it will give us an advantage the first uh, four games, really just getting in the groove, being at our place. So, yeah. When, because you mentioned this earlier, right? Every, you're going to have a target on your back, not just as a Joe Moore award winning offensive line, but as defending Big Ten champs. How much do you guys just as teammates talk about hey we've got to defend not only the big house we've got to defend this championship i mean we talk about it all the time i mean we we want to be that team this team that uh you know brings michigan back and people can't question who we are anymore we want to be that team that go wins the big 10 again wins the bowl game and wins the national championship this year You've had a couple of different offensive line coaches uh, here in Ann Arbor, and Sharon Moore now is not just the offensive line coach, but is you know co-offensive coordinator. How have you seen him develop as a coach, not just for those those aspects, but in coaching you? I think it's been pretty cool, honestly. You know, him being in the O'Ryan room 100 percent last year, and he's still in there with us, but. 
being able to see his mindset change a little bit more. And he's bringing into our room, the O-line room at least, he's like teaching us the formations and route concepts and really bringing everything together, which has been really, really nice to be able to uh, learn everything. You've got Blake Corum in the backfield, Donovan Edwards in the backfield, and, and, and other guys, but those two guys could be real special. Um, Blake is a, a little unique because you never know where he's going to pop up. Yeah. How do you how do you prepare for two different styles of running backs? I mean, on the O-line room, we, got, we just have our one mindset. No matter who's back there at running back, you know, we're going to do our jobs. And, you know, if Blake's back there, Dono, as long like we like to say, as long as we get those four down linemen, five down linemen blocked, and uh, worst case scenario, we don't get off to the back, those guys can make a miss because they're real special. Um, and obviously there's a quarterback competition going on. How is How does the rest of the team perceive what they see J.J. and Cade going through? I mean, uh, at least the O-line perspective, you know, we're doing our jobs. Whoever's back there uh, – uh, we're going to do our jobs for them, and we have all the trust in whoever's back there at QB. But, you know, I mean, they're great in practice, you know, taking reps uh, with each other. And, uh, you know, they, they, they bring great energy to uh, competing against each other, and it really brings a competitiveness out of everyone on the team. Ten days away from hitting somebody that's not wearing maize and blue. How excited are you? Um, I'm excited. It's been a long spring ball, long camp <laughs> of going against – Freak number one freaks in America, so uh, we're pretty excited to get out there and beat up on someone else. Well, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, best of luck this year. Appreciate you having me. Well, thanks to Zach, uh, and just a quick reminder that at the end of the week, we will have an announcement on the captains. We will have them here on In the Trenches. We'll bring that to you on Friday. Uh, starting next week, Monday night, inside Michigan football. Soon as that's done, Mr. Bush is going to tightly wrap that, wrap it in a bow, put it back here on the podcast feed. We'll have our Wednesday uh, edition of In the Trenches, Friday edition of Locker Room Speech, Keys to the Game, Saturday post game. We'll obviously repackage that. You can find it all here. So make sure you stay tuned in because this is going to be a great ride. You don't want to miss any part of it. And we'll give you everything that we can behind the scenes uh, right here on In the Trenches. Thanks for listening to this edition of In the Trenches with John Jansen, presented by Meyer, presenting sponsor of the 2022 Michigan football season and proud supporter of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. In the Trenches is part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network, MGo Blue Podcasts. The preceding is a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.